you are divine. Hello there, my beautiful pumpkins, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. Oh, today is a treat, my friends, because uh, back in April, almost actually by the time you hear this episode, it will have been a month ago. Uh, back in April, I asked y'all on Instagram what you wanted for podcasts, like what, for, and I said for the month of May, but y'all had so many great things to ask. Uh, not everything is a question, but I'm just basically going to look at all of these. I screenshotted them and I'm just going to look at each suggestion and try my best to give you a nugget of wisdom or something that I, if I know anything about that topic, I will give you something about it. So uh, none of these were questions. It's kind of just going to be like my hot takes. So Chloe Taylor's hot takes, welcome. Now we're just going to literally go from the top. So from the top, we have your feelings on your journey so far and the success that you've had. So I also think that I wish that this person had differentiated between my journey in like business or my journey in like my mental health, like, which journey are we talking about? Or are we just talking about all of it encompassing? Because the, my feelings on my journey so far in this moment, it changes moment to moment sometimes. But right now, I feel very proud of myself. I feel very proud of myself. I feel like I see myself coming home to myself and it has happened so gradually and so slowly that I couldn't even quantify it on a timeline because it wouldn't even make it. It's like I'm having one of those things right now where like every moment in my life is showing me how much closer I've pulled myself to myself and it's been a really beautiful experience. I'm definitely not at the point yet where I am fully ready to be grateful for my mental health crisis yet. That is still kind of a sore topic because I don't feel like I've truly fully overcome, but I do feel like I'm very close to that like final overcoming and it not really being something that I even think about all the time anymore. Um, and you said with the success that I've had though, like when I think about success, I also think about like, we have to define it first, right? So I don't like what your version of success is and what my version of success are, are going to be two very different things. But for myself, when I think about success, I am already living it. I'm already living it. I've been successful for a while. Like originally success meant a five figure a month business and connecting with people, raising the vibration of the collective, um, providing a service to others and just really being in alignment with my own spirituality. And by that metric, girl, I hit it over out of the park. I hit it out of the park in that metric. But if we're talking about like, I feel like right now, this is just a hard question for me to answer because I feel like I'm in the process of redefining what success means to me. And so I don't feel like I can fully give you an answer yet, but I am really proud of myself. That is something I can say. I'm very proud of myself. I think I've come a really, really, really long way. And I love that. I love that for me. I love that for anybody that like cares to witness that journey and get something from it. I just, I am very proud of myself <laughs> and that I feel like I could not say even a couple of months ago. So that's awesome. I mean, I could say that like I was proud of myself in certain areas, but I feel like as a whole, I'm very proud of myself and that feels good. The next person said weight and health. So 
The only thing I'm going to say about this is diet culture is toxic. Weight is not a good metric of health. We could all literally eat the exact same diet and we would all still be different shapes and sizes. And if you want to talk about like weight, I'm not happy with the weight of my body right now. But instead of trying to lose weight, I'm instead trying to get to a place where I just love my body as it is. I'm done trying to change myself, mold myself, shrink myself. I'm done. I'm done. Like, I would rather buy clothes that actually fit me and just eat good, take care of myself and, you know, make sure that my health is still in check. But ultimately, what I have learned, especially over the last year, is that weight is not a good measure of health. And we shouldn't even be using that as a metric, period. It's not something that defines health. You can be fat and fit. You can be like, you can be thin as a rail and be super, super, super sick. So it's, you know, you can also be fat and sick. You can also be thin as a rail and healthy. Like it doesn't, weight is just not a good measure of health. So I guess that's like my only hot take on that is diet culture is toxic. Don't listen to it. Do what feels good for your body and talk to your doctor. Um, how to heal from parents who are narcissists. I feel like this is probably its own episode like it would have to be its own episode but if I could give any advice because I very much still deal with this in my own life uh, many of y'all know I've talked about this endlessly I grew up in a very abusive household my mother is a narcissist my father is very avoidant and uh, also abusive in a different way and in that the one thing that I think has helped me the most it took a very 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 long time is I had to humanize my parents, meaning I had to stop looking at them like they were the kings and queens of my life. I had to stop looking at them like they were a good source of advice. I had to stop looking at, at them like they were any other thing but people. And I know for a lot of people, that's going to be a hard pill to swallow because your mom is your mom, your dad is your dad, and this is what we do in family. I'm here to tell you that that is a very toxic way of looking at a family system. And doing things in the name of family is actually what keeps us generationally stuck in these same patterns. And for me, my hot take on this is humanize your parents, humanize your parents, recognize that they are their own complete individuals with their own traumas, with their own tribulations and their own problems. They are not this like godlike figure that you are supposed to look up to. And as children, we treat our parents like they literally are God because they give us everything, right? They hopefully would feed us, clothe us. They would be our source for everything. But if you struggle with narcissistic abuse in parents, you have to humanize them and realize also that narcissism I believe that we have made in the world currently in the realm of mental health, we have made narcissism a dirty word, meaning if you say somebody's a narcissist, you it is it is such a dirty word that we have treated it like narcissists don't need help too. that they didn't like narcissists aren't born, they're made. So what kind of trauma did the narcissist have to go through to become a narcissist? And that's something that took me a very long time to realize and if I could, that's like my biggest thing is humanize your parents, realize that they are not God, they do not rule your life, they are just people with their own problems and stop looking to them for the love that you are craving. Start giving that love to yourself now.
because you are the person that's going to have to fill it because they are literally incapable of doing it for you. And it's unfortunate. And I would love if everybody on the face of the earth had parents that could do that. But unfortunately, we live in a world that also doesn't cater to healthy parenting. We just, I, I could go on and on and on about this topic. Like the fact that we make both parents work that it just, mm, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to slow my roll right there because I could literally talk about this until I am like mad <laughs> about how we've gotten this way. And the only way out to me is to start really tending to yourself, humanize your parents and recognize that you like this might be a generational thing or you might be dealing with generational patterning and it's very likely that um your parent was possibly raised by a narcissist as well like that happens somebody will be raised by a narcissist and it brings narcissism down the family line so recognize that it may be a generational thing until it hit you like you don't have to continue the pattern and if you're even questioning this and trying to work on healing yourself you're already doing an excellent job. Um, okay, I'm going to move on because I could sit and talk about that all day. And if y'all want more episodes like that, like talking about like narcissistic family abuse, things like that, um, maybe exiting a family system for a time, I have so much knowledge on that. My Chiron is literally in my family. Like that's Chiron in astrology is your wound from the world. Mine is in the setting of family. So I feel the most wounded by family. And I've been able to alchemize that in my life. I've been able to change that energy around and make it serve me and be a, a force of my own inner well and my own inner power so that I could come through and help other people that are struggling in that way. So if you ever want more episodes on that, uh, let me know, I guess. Probably come to my Instagram and talk to me about it. <laughs> you can always DM me on Instagram. Uh, then we have protection from negative black magic. Um, I have a whole video on my YouTube channel that is about protection magic. It's me and my husband sitting down and talking about protection magic. Now, the thing I will say is I'm a chaos witch. So what works for me may not work for you. This is why I don't do like spell crafting and stuff on my channel very often is because what I do works because I say it does. That's like the whole basis of chaos witchcraft is like what go what you say goes because you believe that it will. Your belief is the most important thing at the table. And if you don't feel like you have the foundational elements down enough to trust that within yourself, Whatever I do is something that may not work for you. So I have a hard time talking about witchcraft in that way just because I don't ever want people to try something and have it like backfire on them because whatever reason. Um, and what else was I going to say? There's a lot I could talk about with like magic and even like, uh, we're not going to get into that today. <laughs> I was I was thinking about a lot of things, but we're not going to get into that today. Uh, I will encourage you to go and check out that video. If you just look up Chloe Taylor Protection Magic, it will come up. Uh, I'll even do my best to link it down below for you uh, because it's a good video. Uh, and then let's see. Protection from negative energies and intentions draining people, energy vampires, please. I feel like this also is just about, again, filling up your own cup. This is this to me almost has less to do with magic and more to do with making yourself 
so much more empowered from the inside that you don't even allow that energy to cross over you. Like, for example, um, there's someone in my life that I don't really speak to so much anymore because they were an energy vampire just draining me constantly. And I used to be so afraid to speak my piece on that and demand boundaries and like demand things be different for what my energy needed. And then I kind of just stopped talking to that person and I built up my own self. And this took years. Like this was not something I just did overnight. This took a couple of years to really build up my own energetic field. And not only that, but just like build up my own confidence from a psychological level. And now if this person tried to come at me with some nonsense, I am so confident in myself and like in, especially when it comes to this person in particular, I am so confident in myself and what I believe and who I am that I would literally laugh. Like it just, to me, I have made myself such the focus of my own world and not in like a narcissistic way, but in a I just know who I am. I know what I stand for. And I I know what truths are true for me. That when somebody comes in and tries to like, take a sword to that, I'm just like, you have no power here. Why are you even here? Like, it's hilarious to me. Because I just, it's almost like, if you have blonde hair, and somebody tries to walk up to you and say, Oh my gosh, your hair is such a beautiful shade of brunette. It's like, No, it's laughable because it is so untrue. And I think for me, when it comes to energy vampires, that's, I don't know if that's like something that just comes with time as well. But to me, it literally becomes laughable. I am so confident in myself and so non-attached that I feel like I might not even be the best person to ask this question to. Because I feel like I can also resonate because I used to be that way. I used to be very like, oh, I want everyone to be happy. I want everyone to like me. And that would leave me open and susceptible to more energy vampires that would just come in and drain the shit out of me. And now I just don't allow it. I just, I literally, not only energetically do I not allow it, and I feel like when you make a move in that direction, spirit moves with you. Spirit is like, oh, we're moving this way now. We're not tolerating that. Okay, cool. So again, I feel like that would have to be an episode in and of itself, but I'm definitely taking notes on this episode, y'all, so I can like make longer forms of these. Um, How to actually properly rest and nourish and rejuvenate at a soul level. So For me, the number one thing I want to say about this is I almost have to catastrophize before I can feel better. And hear me out. This is not something that's going to work for everybody because catastrophizing can be very dangerous if you're somebody that that doesn't help you to think about worst case scenario. For me, thinking about the worst case scenario often makes it seem silly of like why I am so freaked out and I can't rest. Like, for example, there was a week ago, um, I had about five people in my queue for readings, and they were already about to be a week late. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, people are going to be so disappointed with me. I feel so bad. Mind you, I was losing my voice because I was so overworked doing other projects. And I also had company in that week. 
that like I, I had like a full blown panic attack. I was like, people are gonna be so disappointed with me. What am I going to do? I took off. More, I took on more work than I should have, yada, yada, yada. And my husband and I sat and he literally walked me through the worst case scenario. He was like, Chloe, what is the worst thing that could happen? And I was like, these people will be disappointed. And he was like, well, what if they are disappointed? And I was like, then I'm going to like feel bad. Okay, what if you feel bad? And we just like kept walking through it. And I ended up just asking those particular clients for an extension or if they wanted a refund. And everybody so graciously and kindly said that they still wanted the reading and I was given a lot more time on it. So it just like things like that, like I had to kind of clear out the energy that I was holding before I could get to that rest. And that's just how it works for me. I also find that taking that deep replenishing soul level, like nourishment, you really have to just listen to your body. If you want to sleep, you need to let yourself sleep. When I did that, I think I slept for almost 24 hours in like one go. I think I was up for like four hours out of a, a 24 hour period or like a 36 hour period. Maybe I was awake for like four hours and I just slept and I let myself watch cartoons and I let myself take a bath and I let myself read books and I let myself listen to the rain and I let myself move really slowly through life because that's what works for me. That's what nurtures my soul. That's what makes me feel reconnected with the world at large is letting myself have rest with no deadline. I know for other people that might not be feasible right now. Maybe you have a job and it would require you taking too much time away from that work. I would encourage anybody that is in that situation to start considering an exit plan. Truly, if you're in a job that robs you of that much life and you are unable to do anything different with your time and you literally work to live, start thinking even now if it's taking 10 minutes at a time to think of an exit plan or thinking about a new line of work, give yourself 10 minutes a day to contemplate it because your work, your life is so much more worth selling your soul like that. And you're not here just to lose weight and pay bills. Life has so much more to offer and every single person on the face of this planet is worthy and deserving of that. Um, but those are just kind of the things that I do to get nourish and rejuvenation on a soul level. Um, I also sometimes will connect with healers. Like I'll talk to even psychics on Keen. I've done that before. Um, this episode is not sponsored by Keen. That's genuinely something I would do though. Uh, I would go and see like a Reiki practitioner. I would let, um, I have a friend that does healing. Uh, I can't think of what it's called. It's just, it's like some kind of energy work. I don't believe that it's Reiki. It's something different. And um, I'll book like an online session with her. I'll go get a massage. I'll do something that feels very like decadent or put money into a service that is healing for me. Uh, if I'm if you're able to do that, that might be something you want to consider. Um, the next person said moon signs. I understand the sun and rising, but moon signs haven't ever stuck in my brain. So what I always remind myself about the moon, there's a lot that like, this is literally just one angle that I'm giving. Your moon is where your emotions are. So it's how you emotionally cope and deal with things. So for example, for me, I'm a Gemini moon and I work best through conversation. Even if I'm talking to a therapist, it's why talk therapy works great for me. 
Um, or I will literally talk to myself when I'm stressed out. I will literally talk to myself because it makes me feel better. And Andrew, my husband will be like, Chloe, what are you doing? And I'm like, bitch, I need expert advice. I'm talking to myself. Get out of here. Like who else am I going to go to? I need expert advice. Okay. About myself. Uh, so it's really just how we emotionally deal with things. This also can talk about our mother. Uh, the moon sign is our mother. So it's the connection we have to mother. And even though there's a lot of like strain in my relationship with my own mother, we can talk like it is easy for me to talk to her if if we're not talking about politics or religion or anything that we just completely disagree on. Uh, we can talk for hours and hours and hours. Like I have the ability to converse with my mom really effortlessly. And that's something that Gemini craves is that intellectual stimulation. Um, then we have when to get your body to release the trauma you've already mentally let go of. So when to, I would say if you're already aware, then now is a good a time as any. I am not an expert on this when it comes to like somatic healing. I would encourage you to see if you can find a somatic therapist in your area or even virtually and online. Um, I've heard breath work is incredible. I've also heard of like shaking, dancing, releasing in that way. Um, there are so many ways to do somatic healing. I am not a trained professional, uh, but I would say if you're questioning it, it, now, now is a good time to look into that. How to balance the divine feminine and the divine masculine energies. This would have to be an entire episode on its own. Uh, about sex education. I don't even know what I would say about sex education. This is a funny one. Uh, I feel like when it comes to sex education, we need to stop running under the guise that abstinence is enough. It's not. It's We have a broken system that and now ugh, don't even get me started on what's going on in the world right now. <sighs> Men should not be making laws for women's bodies. I'm just going to call it like it is. Um, when it comes to sex education, though, I am not an expert on sex education, but I do think that we need to stop pretending that abstinence is enough. It's not. We need to be educating people how to have safe sex, because even from my own perspective, I was having sex at 17 years old. Did I know everything that I know now? No. Did I have unsafe sex at that time? Yes. Do I wish that somebody had educated me to not do it that way? Yes. So even from my own experience, nothing ever happened. I never got pregnant, never contracted anything. But still, even myself going through that experience, I can say that I wish I had just been educated. I wish somebody had just stopped trying to tell me, hey, just don't touch each other. No, your hormones are fucking raging. There is nothing that is not clean or undivine about sex. Sex is literally a divine act. And it's not meant to be for people in in marriage. Marriage is literally, oh my gosh, I love you so much. I want the government involved. Like, no, I'm sorry. I have a lot of really colorful feelings about sex education. And especially in America where religion and government are supposed to be separate and they're not, uh, it's very clear how much we're not, especially because we have people policing women's bodies now too. <sighs> yeah, that's a really hot, that's a loaded topic. I feel like I'm not an expert and I'm not equipped to talk about that, but those are just some of my feelings about it. Um, Working through feelings of guilt when releasing your religious upbringing to pursue spirituality. Ooh, this is a question that I am an expert in. So 
or it's not really a question, but you know what I mean. I feel like when working through the feelings of guilt, this kind of goes like earlier this month, I talked to you about um, expanding your window of tolerance. So this to me is the same. Right now, you can't tolerate a lot of shifting because it's scary to you and it feels like you're going against yourself. But if you just start really small with something, you know, do you love crystals? Start learning about crystals and go from there. Do you love um, tarot cards? Get a deck and start practicing with that. Do you love like Reiki? Maybe meet with a Reiki practitioner or if that feels way too beyond your um, window of tolerance, you could maybe just look up a YouTube video on it and learn a little bit more about it. I will always say that education is the most powerful tool in pursuing spirituality beyond religion. You have to get to a place where you can become comfortable just educating yourself. Because even for me, I remember when I was first questioning the Mormon church, I watched the temple ceremony because it's online because people go in there with pinhole cameras all the time, Um, which anybody who's Mormon would say that that like defiles their religion and oh my gosh, never do that. But I also think that it's not secret because it's sacred. It's secret because if all of that came out, there would just be so much more discussion about so many fucking things. (laughs) Um, But I remember watching a temple ceremony and just crying because I was like, wow, my whole life I've been primed for this and it's actually a load of shit. Like for me, it's a load of shit. And also Mormons are just fucking witches. They're in there just doing rituals. They're not like sacrificing goats or anything like contrary to popular belief. There's actually no like blood involved. They're literally just like praying in circles and putting different clothes on at different points. Like it's not anything that is so bananas. Um, It is very misogynistic, though, and sexist, because there's like so much that they don't even let women have or do. And you have to be like led by a man through the whole thing. It's really weird. Anyways, um, I am not the expert on Mormon theology or any of that. But just from my own experience, watching that back, um, it was a little bit too much too soon for me. And I had to like sit with that for a while with a lot of feelings of uncomfortability. And I think I moved a little too quickly. So I would say the most important thing that you can do in releasing the guilt is just make your your strength and your lust for knowledge has to be stronger than the guilt. And the more you can educate yourself and surround yourself with people that are more spiritually open the better. I feel like if you even have one person you can talk to that doesn't make you feel like you're crazy for wanting something different, that can make a world of difference, even if you have to find it in an online community. Uh, How to find your authentic voice to help others. This only comes with time. This only comes with time and discovering yourself. And I can't give you true guidance, I feel like, at this time, because I'm still doing that right now. My perspective on myself has shifted so much over the last 365 days that I'm in the process right now of relearning myself. And hopefully when I emerge from this cocoon, I will have so much to say about this. But right now, I don't feel like I am the best source. I will say the best thing you can do, though, while you're discovering is date yourself learn what you love. We talked about this earlier this month in another episode. Learn what you love. Date yourself. Be with yourself. That is how you're going to find your authentic voice is by sitting with it. Um, 
chronic health condition, how to love my body relationship, trauma healing. Okay. Oh, this is also something I'm working through on my own right now is I also deal with chronic health conditions and I hate to admit it because I think the spiritual community would have you believe that you can literally heal every single ailment. And though I think to some degree that is true, I also think that some people forget that we live with outside influences constantly teaching us differently. And I am not also an expert in this area because I deal with a lot of health anxiety from chronic health conditions. It's literally where I have been mentally for the last year is just like reeling and spiraling on this turn of events that has like shaken my life upside down. And I think when it comes to healing that trauma, you would be best to listen to the episode that I put out not last week, but the week before. So May 17th, I did How It Gets Better, Life After Trauma. That was my working title. I don't know if that's actually what we ended up calling it. But that episode, I feel like will really be helpful for you. Um, How to manage stress and tiredness of work when you can no longer run from the work. Um, Stress and tiredness from the work when you can no longer run from the work. You got to go slow. You have to go slow. I feel like the only thing that we can do is allow the body to do what it wants to do. If you want to paint, paint. If you want to sleep, sleep. If you want to eat, eat. Like allow the body to do what it wants to do and it will bring you back to equilibrium. I think I just mentioned in the same episode that I was tired and I ended up sleeping for almost 24 hours in like a really short, it was like more than 24 hours. It was like 28 hours. I slept 24 of them, but sometimes that's what the body needs deeply. And if you're able to work with the body, I believe that the mind can also get there too. So, um, let's see. Uh, we're going to get into more of these topic suggestions right after a word from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed so you don't have to download the new Bumble now. All right. So the next topic I've decided I probably won't be able to do every single one because there was quite a few I was going in order and I feel like there's just no way. But the next one I have is anxiety in relationships. And I would actually love to bring my husband on for an episode maybe next month, because there are so many things like I really love the topic of conscious coupling and being in a relationship that is just conscious, you're very conscious of each other conscious of yourselves. And it makes a world's difference when you have that level of awareness and you come together. And I feel like it would be so awesome to like have him sit in on an episode and like co-host it with me and we could maybe answer y'all's questions. But with anxiety and relationships, this one's very real for me because as y'all know, I have dealt with pretty crazy feelings of anxiety for the last year. And my husband has been such a beautiful, amazing, incredible, protective and grounding force while I've been going through everything that I've been going through. And I genuinely could not ask for a better partner. But the thing is, 
he definitely witnesses me go through a lot with anxiety. And I start to also feel bad when I'm like, oh, I just want to like be a person. And I'm sorry you have to deal with like your wife being like this all the time. And he's always so gentle and so kind and so loving. But I feel like what I can say is, is communicate. I think that at the basis of any relationship, whether it be a partnership with a romantic partner, a friendship, even when anxiety is involved, you got to communicate. Communication is the number one thing that will truly set you free, even when you're scared. Like communicating openly with each other, telling each other what you need and learning how to communicate well. Like something I've started implementing into when I'm feeling really like activated or anxious or having feelings of panic start to arise. Um, especially when it comes to like panic, I kind of have a toolkit. Like I have like an ice roller and my husband usually knows when I bring out the ice roller that like, usually like I'm dealing with something and he'll ask me, how can I best support you right now? And I may or may not have an answer, but, um, we also are very open to just communicating effectively. So um, gosh, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. No, it's, oh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, something else that we've implemented, at least I have for now, it's, it's new. So we're, we're trying it out, but I think it's gone really well is whenever I start to, when I'm already anxious and then, um, I'm start to feel some type of way in our relationship, like I've done something wrong, or I definitely deal with this recovering from like a narcissistic and an abusive household. I think that everything's my fault. And I will deal with these feelings of uncomfort, discomfort and, oh no, like Andrew's upset about something. It must be my fault, even if it's not my fault and he hasn't made it my fault. Um, I will tell him in these exact words, I will say the story I am telling myself is, and then I will tell him exactly what is coming up for me is that you're mad at me for A, B, and C. And then he will communicate back hey, this isn't even about you. What are you talking about? Like it's so start your sentences in that way. The story that I am telling myself is A, B, C, D. And that is such like a great segue into having effective communication. And that is not my original hot take. I want to say that might come from the holistic psychologist who is somebody that I adore and love. Uh, but start using that as a segue into conversations and see what happens, how it changes, how you're able to address situations and assess. I find that especially with anxiety, it can be really tricky and anxiety it would move through us if we didn't attach stories to it. So you have to remind yourself that the story you're telling yourself is blah, blah, blah. So just, just try that one out. I hope it works for you. Um, how to let go of people, places that no longer serve you. Oh, it's one of the hardest things you will ever do. <laughs> but honestly, Letting go of people and places that no longer serve. I feel like when it comes to letting go, truly and wholeheartedly letting go, you kind of have to go through this in-between stage where you're in the new place, but you're also have like one toe or one foot in the old place. And 
that's part of the process. I know everybody thinks we can just rip the bandaid off and run away, but actually you can't. And you will still have remnants of that thing hanging around or that place or that person. And it's okay to be half in and half out. Eventually you will be all in, but remember that it's gradual. I feel like everything in life is gradual. And so many of us think that it's this quick paced thing because all that's being modeled to us in media is very fast paced things. I mean, even if you think about like body shapes with people, look at how they did the biggest loser, right? Look at how the Kardashians always get plastic surgery. It just seems like it's an overnight transformation. It's quick. It's instant gratification. And we actually need to move a lot slower. And I know that that isn't constantly portrayed at us. So we all think that we're behind and that we need to be moving faster, faster, faster. But it's actually okay to be in both places at once or to let go of somebody but still feel hurt that they're not in your life anymore. It's okay to deal with that grieving process and to go slowly. But how to actually let go I think you have to let yourself feel whatever you're feeling about it in order to let go and let that move through you and out of you. Because if you just stuff it down and try to run away, it's just going to keep haunting you. I will also say that I think there is something to be said about like, um, I don't know why there's like a car or something in here revving their engine, but like, can you stop please? I'm podcasting. This is my time. Anyways. <laughs> Um, I think there's something to be said about removing that thing from your reality as well. So if it's a person, take them off your social media, take them off your social media, block them. Like, I think there's a lot of speculation about when people are blocked and, oh, they blocked me because of this, this and this. You have no idea why somebody blocked you ever. You never know. And I mean, unless they told you, you really never know. And I think in that regard, like your peace is allowed to be protected in that way. You're allowed to block people out and walk away. And I have like such an unpopular opinion, even on like ghosting. I think people think that everybody owes them something and literally nobody ever owes you anything. It is your attachment to people and situations and places that keeps you feeling like the world owes you something and it doesn't. Sorry, I had to take a little sip. My throat's getting a little scratchy. I've been podcasting like all day. So um, the world doesn't owe you anything. People don't owe you anything. <coughs> and that also lets you off the hook, though. Excuse me. It's not just about um, letting other people off the hook. That also lets you off the hook. You, When you remind yourself that you don't owe anyone anything and the world doesn't owe you anything and people don't owe you anything and you don't owe anyone anything, it lets everybody off the hook. And... I would also argue that like non-attachment in relationships is healthy. Like, I don't even know if non-attachment is the right phrase, but I talk about this a lot in terms of like anxiety. I deal with health anxiety and generalized anxiety. I don't really deal with a ton of social anxiety. I'm very comfortable in my relationships. If they want to come, I let them come. If they want to go, I let them go. Like I don't have strong attachments to relationships and I think it's actually very healthy to not have strong attachments. And it doesn't mean that you don't let people in and you don't let them close to you. I wouldn't say that I live a life that's unfulfilled or I don't let people be close to me. That maybe used to be the truth many years ago, but I've learned how to let people in, but also not become so attached that I feel like I will just suffer without them. But my point of bringing that up is 
It's okay if you have some feelings, but it's also okay if you're the person that needs to walk away, block, and move on. You don't owe anybody anything. And like, I feel like sometimes we'll keep people in our lives that we really don't want around and we need to let go of them and we'll just check on them on social media or we'll just look at, you know, and we, we don't want to block them because, oh no, then they're going to think I'm a bad person. You don't owe them an explanation. You don't owe them anything. Nobody owes you anything. And you're allowed to let go in whatever way you deem fit for yourself. Uh, we also have... Let's see. Oh, this one is lengthy. Hmm. I feel like all the other questions that I'm seeing here is like how to heal anxiety and stop doubting yourself and also things about like cutting off family and narcissistic relationships. So and we've already kind of covered those or people have asked for witchcraft. That's like the main questions we get. I feel like this has given me a lot to think about in terms of crafting full length episodes on these topics, maybe for next month. But I do want to say another thing on anxiety before I go, because I know a lot of y'all suffer and I myself suffer and it's hard. It can be really hard to navigate that space. But something I want to just offer as like some food for thought in the realm of anxiety. What if you stopped attaching stories to your anxiety or to the anxiety? Don't even call it your anxiety. It doesn't have to belong to you. You don't have to identify with it. It doesn't have to become part of your identity. It's the anxiety. So when it comes to the anxiety, what if you stopped attaching stories to what it meant to carry that? What if it was just a feeling that needed to pass through you and then you could just get on with your day? Now, I know that that's easier said than done. It can be hard to remove the stories that we tell ourselves. But what if anxiety was just there to pinpoint you in or not pinpoint? Well, yeah, no pinpoint pinpoint an issue that is reoccurring for you that needs addressing. Do you notice what triggers you? Do you notice how you're triggered? Do you notice, you know, like I've said multiple times, for me, I tend to get triggered by my own body. I get triggered when my body feels anything outside of neutral. And I've realized that I, over time, over like a year long period of working on this, I've realized that I feel like I don't have a true home inside of myself because I've never built it. And that's what I've been focusing all my energy on is how can I build a home with inside myself so that my home is everywhere that I go. It's not in a place. It's always with me. That's just my experience. And that has helped me work through a lot of the anxious feelings. But I don't think it's about healing from anxiety. I think anxiety is something that is there that serves a purpose. It's the stories that we've attached to anxiety that need healing. So I would say start there. Start, start from that square of what could your anxiety, what could the anxiety, excuse me, be trying to tell you? Do you notice when you get triggered, what time, who are you with? What brings it up for you? Is it something specific that someone does? Is it something within you? Do you witness something and that kind of trickles in, you know, what is coming up and what is demanding to be noticed in your life? And from there, you can start to work upon that. I like to believe that everything, and maybe this is wishful thinking for myself, I like to believe that 
everything I experience is always the medicine that I need. Even if it's bitter and cold and disgusting and I don't want to drink it, everything that I experience is some form of medicine. And it's the medicine that spirit is deciding that I need right now. Or it's setting me up for something in the future. When I experience something else, I'll be prepared to handle it. And even right now, in some of the worst times of my entire life over, well, I would say I'm not really in the worst of it right now. The worst of it was definitely summer of 2021. Um, Even in the worst moments that I have gone through, I still remind myself that there's medicine to be found here. And it might take me a long time to uncover what that medicine is or was, but I'm going to find it. I'm going to get to the bottom of it because I believe in myself and I believe in the ability to heal and I believe in the ability to, I believe in my ability to push forward. And for you, there might just be something that is asking you to pay attention to it. So I would say look into it there and stop demonizing anxiety because I think all of us have a tendency to do that. Nobody wants to feel the feelings of anxiety. I don't care who you are. Nobody wants it. But I also think that it comes with a special potent medicine that if we allow, it can really change our whole life. And that is what I have for you. (laughs) So I didn't cover every topic that came through, but I realized very quickly that I was not going to be able to get to all of those. So thank you so much to everybody who submitted something. You've given me a lot to think about for future episodes and doing more long form content. Thank you for letting me speak my truth. I feel like I really popped off on a couple of those today and uh, I'll catch you all next week. Please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. And I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Bye.